Hey, everybody, it's Connor Onion. The Saluki Standards Podcast is brought to you by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale, located on East Main Street, across from the mall. That's McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. This week, we're talking with Saluki football senior linebacker Bryce Notry, and he'll take us inside some of the agonizing decisions that football players have had to vote on the past couple weeks. And Quay Brown has announced that he's transferring, the leading tackler from last year's team. Will that be an anomaly, or will we see more of that? We'll ask Bryce about that, and also hear some great stories from Bryce's childhood as well. Great conversation coming up. Soccer has also had fall competition shut down. Their leading goal scorer last year was freshman Liz Brechtel, and we'll get into a lot with her in the back half of the show. But first, Bryce Notry of Saluki Football. Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing okay. World's spinning a little bit. I'm sure it is for you. Uh, just take me through what you've been feeling the past couple of weeks with, with all this news that's happened. Um, I feel like the biggest word that I've heard a lot is uncertainty uh, moving forward. And um, I know that it's been a lot of guys out here that's been thinking about what's going to happen moving forward. But I feel like here at SIU, uh, the coaching staff, everybody around this administration has done a good job of trying to keep us level-headed. Uh, it's given us time to think about situations and certain decisions that we need to make as, a, as an individual. So um, as, as regards to that, um, I know I can say on behalf of all the players that we thank them for that. And um, we know that they're looking out for us. Coach Hill talked to media yesterday, and he kind of said the mindset is, yes, it stinks, but we can't sit around and complain. We got to keep working. But, but was there a moment where, you know, a human moment where it's like, man, this, this really does suck, and yeah. I want to I be playing this ball? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, felt, I felt that plenty of times. Uh, honestly, I think one of the biggest things was I remember uh, telling one of the coaches that am I wrong for – one of my senior season to be as normal as possible, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like the other half of it is I'm willing to do anything as far as I like get my temperature checked, getting uh, tested every week in order just to play. So it was just a, it was just weighing in on everybody. So is the spring better for you in that sense that maybe you can have a little bit of normalcy and just focus on playing and not being poked and prodded every single day for COVID? Oh yeah, for sure. That seems, that seems more like a, a more helpful plan for us, you know, what so when when you guys are getting this news that okay maybe conference games are going to be canceled but maybe we can play some non-conference games it ultimately ends up being no games in the fall but what were the options initially presented to you guys that you kind of had to hash out as a team um i think the options were either playing in the spring and playing eight games and then playing no uh conference games with the hope of playing for a, a spring championship and um, another option was to play three non-conference games now and then wait until the spring to finish out the season. And then another option was just to wait until next fall. So, I mean, we got together as a team and we thought about the best options and everything like that. So uh, we, we, we was leaning towards the, the three conference games and then playing in the spring. But as you've, like, as everybody has seen, that they've canceled all, you know, um, fall competition. So... So you guys wanted the, – the majority wanted to play some games in the spring, even though it might be a one-off or just a couple of games? Yeah, everybody everybody was leaning towards the the big – you know, the big – because we wanted that Kansas game, you know, to, to play here in the, in the upcoming weeks. So 
Uh, we was leaning towards those three games here, get those in, and then just go back to the drawing boards until spring happens. So from, from a fan's perspective, I think it was pretty obvious that the department wanted to play that Kansas game because there was going to be a payout for the department. Right. But, but from a player's perspective, you know, why play those games that don't technically count toward your conference record or toward any sort of championship uh, and, and just play a couple of them in the fall? Why would you guys want to do that? Um, well, speaking for myself, I know for a fact that it's a, it's a, it's a good chance, you know, step in that environment, get that experience uh, at, at, a, at a, you know, Power 5 school and all these things like that. And also it's a good way to get exposure. And um, talking to a lot of guys on the team, you know, I'm real adamant about what people want to do, how they see things, and all those stuff like that. So I saw a lot of people thinking of Kansas as being their gateway into opening a lot of people's eyes as far as scouts and all this other stuff like that. So I thought that's one of the reasons why a lot of people was fighting for that game. And, um, and of course, because, you know, we think, we're, we think we could go up there and beat them. So uh, just to hear that we was, had Kansas on a schedule, it fired us up knowing that we were a good enough team to actually make some noise going up there. You've, you've got all these decisions to weigh, you know, what's best for the team, what's best for me individually. You know, all 100-plus guys kind of had that dichotomy going on. Was, was there some tense – were there some tense moments trying to figure out what you guys wanted to do as a unified voice? Yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a lot of tough moments, a lot of tough conversations between us. Um, it's been – as leadership council, it was – probably the most stressful time for us, you know, just trying to get everybody on the same page. Um, and then I think that one thing that we were good at doing, like just keeping everybody together, you know, um, there's been times where people was going against each other's words or anything like that, but we did a good job of keeping everybody together and kept our best foot forward. So. It, it sounded like you were one of the guys that wanted to play. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. I, I know you've got, dreams of playing at the next level. So that Kansas game, some of those other games like you're talking about could open some eyes. So what was a harder day for you? The playoffs getting, uh, you know, you guys finding out you're not going to be in the playoffs last year on selection day or the fall getting canceled this year? Well, that's tough. That's a real tough question. Um, I think I have to be this fall getting canceled because, you know, you know, getting not getting into the playoffs, we knew what team we had. And we knew what we was capable of, so like, we, it just it just added fuel to the fire to what we wanted to do more. And then with with us leading up into the season, and then this happening, it's like, oh wow, like it's just a step back, you know what I'm saying? But you know, we're we're taking it day by day, and you know, we're having the right positive attitude about it. So I don't want to over dramatize it like it's um, you know like like life or death or anything like that. But were the feelings of grief? pretty similar though you know it's it's kind of a, yeah. a lost season in a different way yeah leaving leaving the stadium it was kind of like the same as leaving the uh arena on selection day so it was pretty tough sure it sounds like a lot of the roster will stay intact just as far as how it relates to your defense i saw quay brown put his name in the transfer portal um i mean how much talk is there around what quay decided to do with some of the other pieces on that defense um, I think that it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of players, you know, right now, um, especially for guys that were in the boundary at, at safety that's behind Quay. Um, Quay brought a lot of energy. He, he was one of those guys that we leaned on 
Um, he made a lot of plays, and he knew the defense very well. And um, there's some big shoes to fill, but we have some talent back there, like, for sure. So it's, 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 it's just exciting to see what's going to happen moving forward now that we have people that's really competing for a spot and putting the pieces together. So, so you think that'll be more of an anomaly? There won't be, like, a, a mass exodus of, of people leaving and, and going to the portal? Oh, no, I don't see that happening. We have we have something going on here, so you know what I'm saying. It's 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 a big thing for people, you know, to to make that decision. And and kudos to Quay because you know I couldn't stop him from leaving because it's just like why would you, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for him. So I'm I'm just happy to see what's going to happen for him. Yeah, he he said something interesting. I kind of want to get your thoughts on this about your defensive coordinator, Jason Petrino. He said that's mm-hmm. one of the best coaches that he's ever played for. You, you got to play for him for the first time last year, and defense saw some significant improvements from the previous season. Um, what do you think of, of one year under Coach Petrino? Oh, I, I could agree with that. I've seen so much change in every single player on this team since he's been here. And um, he, he's opened our eyes to what we were really capable of. And for him to do that, that's like the biggest thing to us. You know, uh, he made us feel like we were – a lot more than what we were in the past years. And he's found a way to make us play that way. So I can agree that he's definitely one of the greatest coaches I've played play for, play for. So, yes. In your mind, what was the biggest change from um, the way the defense played from your, I guess it would have been your sophomore year to your junior year last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, I think the biggest thing is just the effort. Like, when you turn the film on, you see guys running, like, just running to get to the ball. And it's, it's heartwarming to see that because I remember in past years, it wasn't like that. And we didn't even know it until, like I said, Coach Pacino came in, he set this culture and he put these standards on the board and he told us that this is how we're going to be. And this is what we have to do in order to be the number one defense in the Missouri Valley Conference. So um, seeing that is just, you know, it's just a testament to him, his coaching and everybody else in the coaching staff. And, and yeah, like I said, the biggest, the biggest thing I've seen change is the effort. We've always had the athletic ability. It's just, you know, get to the ball is just one thing. Yeah, I'm curious how it was for you because you guys had, you know, this exciting run last year where you're on the doorstep going to the playoffs. You've got a new system defensively. You guys are playing well, but, but you're fighting the injury and you can't be out on the field with your guys. I mean, what were, um, what were your feelings kind of surrounding all those things swirling around you personally? Uh, it was tough for sure. Um, from the day that it happened uh, to the day I had got off the surgery table, all that, you know, the process was long. Um, but the thing about it was I just stayed positive throughout the whole thing. Um, I didn't want to be that guy that seemed down when everything was, you know, looking to pick up. So I wanted to be the one to exert the energy, stay positive, have people feed off my positivity and other stuff like that. Um, I wanted to be that guy that they look at and they'd be like, why am I? you know, upset that I'm not getting the ball here or not getting this rep or this and that because he's not even out here right now. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be the burden to the team. So I just kept it as that, you know, keeping the positive outlook. From being out there, you were still talking though, weren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I know you probably heard me a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I was was thinking, like, yeah, it was was obviously disappointing that you couldn't be out there, but it was, you know, the the silver lining for me at least was I got to talk to you at practice when you were – Rehab and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And when when we weren't talking, you were always hollering at your guys. Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> Speaking of that, I was watching the uh, the mic'd up that you did during winter workouts. That was a cool video. Um, it, it got me thinking with all the personality and the awareness of the camera that, that you clearly had. You knew where the camera was at all times, oh, yeah. it seemed like. Uh, have have uh, thoughts of acting ever crossed your mind? That's crazy that you say that because, like, my friends tell me that I have a, 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 a big personality. Um, my mom always told me that I have a big personality. Um, I feel like all of it is just put into me for, my, for the people that's around me, you know? Um, people will tell you that if I'm around one person or if I'm in a closed door or just chilling, I'm not always like that. It's brought out of me. So um, that's just, a, that's just a, you know, a statement to all the people that surround me. You know, I'm most comfortable around you know, my teammates, people in the staff, people around the building, and y'all see the best of it. You know, I'm just, you know, a happy guy. Were you that way as an underclassman? Were, were you brave enough to, to speak your mind and let yeah, that I think that's, a little bit? <laughs> I think that's the thing. Yeah, I, had, I think that's what's, what's, what's giving me my, you know, my title now. Like, I've always been that kid that's, you know, I, was always, I came in dancing all the time, you know, cracking jokes with the older, older guys, upperclassmen, and all that stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's gave me my title now. Did they kind of look at you at first, like, who is this guy? Who is this big person? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they did. But it's just like I was, I was also coming in killing all the workouts too. So they was just like, okay, this, this kid, you know, he can talk, but he can also, you know, actually back it up. <laughs> Work hard, joke hard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, a little bit more serious of a tone to this question, but um, – I mean, when you think about all the moments that have led up to your senior season, being one of the leaders on this team, playing Division One football, competing for the playoffs, what are you most proud of in overcoming when, it, uh, when you think about your story? Um, I think the biggest thing uh, probably has to be, you know, I think just me adapting in general, like to a lot of things throughout my entire life, not just my career. You know, um, a lot of people may know that uh, I moved from Decatur, Illinois to Texas and started a whole new journey there. And um, I just know that everywhere that I've went, I've always had to overcome some type of adversity. And uh, being there in high school was people thinking I wasn't talented enough to play in Texas football. Uh, but I used that as a motivation to go out there and be dominant, which I was, and then to get this opportunity here. And um, like you said last year, you know, that injury that I had, I kept moving forward with the, with the idea of coming back that same year. I didn't want to, you know, not play at all. So um, I think those are the two biggest things that I had to overcome. And looking back on it now, I think it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because it shaped me as a player and as a man. So how did you react when your parents told you you were moving from Illinois to Texas? I couldn't believe it at first because, you know, Decatur was all we knew. And I had everybody that I needed in, in that area. So it was kind of hard to believe that we were going to be moving to a whole another environment. You know, I didn't see it happening. Uh, my mama would talk about it, but I was just thinking that she was just talking. <laughs> so when it happened, I, it was just a surreal feeling to go from Decatur, you know, sway means and, ADM, then going to Dallas, Texas, where there's just so much life and so many people and so many things to do. It was, it was crazy. I'm thinking about high school football there, too. They've got a reputation down there. Man. Were they scoffing at the kid from Illinois? 
Like, who's who's this guy that thinks he can come in here and play our style of football? It, it, it was – yeah, I, had, I turned some heads at first just off my size alone. You know, I was always been a big kid. But going out there and, like, seeing those kids, like, that was as big as me or bigger, it was just – it was kind of mind-blowing to me because I was always the biggest kid on my team in Decatur, you know. And um, those kids out there big, like, <laughs> huge as freshmen. So it was it took it took a lot of uh, adapting and adjusting, but I was like on my feet. I was I was out there with the rest of them playing well. Um, and think about Texas, you go against four or five stars every week, so you have to be on your A game, and competition level is high. So yeah, it's a lot of pride around there too. How do you think where you ended up now would have been different if you didn't make that move? Uh, who knows? I mean. I probably wouldn't have played football. I wouldn't have moved to Texas. You know, I probably would have stuck with basketball because um, that was that was that was heavy on my mind too. I mean, my parents told me that we moved to Texas for me to play football. So once they told me that, I was like, "Oh yeah, this this basketball is over with." I mean, I I, <laughs> I need to stick with football. So yeah, that was that was that was one of the biggest things. That's uh that's crazy because your dad was he was pretty cold on the basketball court right I mean he played Illinois yeah. got some pro looks so they were pushing football on you Oh yeah for sure yeah it, it, that people people always think that just because my dad played basketball that he that he wanted me to play basketball but that was never the case um, He wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do whatever I was you know happy with uh, He was always strong on me making my own decisions for myself. And he he didn't want to live through me, you know what I'm saying? He he felt like he had his time where he was an athlete, and he had his accolades, and he wanted me to just pursue my own career, do my own thing, and have my own accomplishments. So, does he ever throw on his tape for you? Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen him put it. And the thing about it is, we had this conversation before, and I was talking to uh, this radio host, and he was telling me like, "Has your dad ever, you know, told you about his past and how he did this?" And I was like. He never had to tell me like it was just people around him would tell me. So that's how I knew it was just it was it was legit. Like he never had to tell me anything. <laughs> he he would have played overseas. You you might have been young, right? Like when he was playing in Russia and Puerto Rico. Would yeah, you? he was in Russia, Puerto Rico, and uh he took me and my mom with him to Greece whenever he was there for a few years. Okay. So you mm -hmm. you grew up internationally then? Yeah, somewhere like that. I still I still got my passport from whenever I was like two. Do you remember that? You remember? I don't remember it. I don't remember that. No. My mom told me that we used to uh, go to the beach in uh, in Greece, but I, I I don't I don't remember. I still in my head I haven't been to a beach because I was just so young that I haven't remembered it. Yeah, you're uh, you're bilingual and don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, final one for you. I mean, you know the. The NFL dream is there for you. Um, you know, you've, you've got the, the professional aspirations. Um, uh, and we talked about, you know, potentially turning some heads in those non-conference games. I mean, what will it take for, for you to start to get some of that attention that, that you're seeking from the next level? What do you think it'll take this year? Um, the biggest thing will be consistency. Um, if I can prove – well, I think – I feel like a lot of people coming in have seen me um, – they see that I have the intangibles, you know, I have the size, um, you know what I'm saying, like that. And I think they just need to see that I'm consistent. I can do it every week, you know. I can come to practice every week. I can be that leader that they need. And I just have to perform well in each game that I play. And if I do that as consistently as I can and do it every week, week in and week out, 
I'm obviously going to turn some heads because I feel like I like I said I have the size and speed, and then it's just all, all everything else is just the the, the, the no all factor. So moving forward with that, I feel that's the biggest thing for me. A lot of hard work ahead to to get yeah. there. I know you know exactly. that, but. Uh, no football this fall, at least competitive games. Uh, what's something you're going to do that you wouldn't normally have time to do this time of year? Uh, play a lot of basketball and, and a little bit of video games. Those, those, those are some things that I don't get to do a lot, so I feel like I'm going to do a lot of that. What are you playing? I like, I like Call of Duty, uh, 2K. really like 2K. Uh, I like Madden. Um, I like a lot of role-playing games, too. So, like, Assassin's Creed, those type of games like that, where I get to jump around everywhere. So, I like that type of stuff. Okay. All right. Maybe people listening will uh, see you on the live then. We'll see you on the live. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I got to give them my PlayStation Network. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I, uh, I appreciate the time, and uh, it's always good talking to you. Hopefully, we can do it in person soon. Of course, man. Always good. Thanks to senior linebacker Bryce Notree for his time. Up next is Liz Brechtel of Saluki Soccer. Sophomore this year, she's a forward from Joliet, Illinois, and she led the Salukis in goals last year with six of them and closed out the year with a hat trick. And she also scored a goal in that exhibition against Southeast Missouri State that opened the exhibition schedule at home. So a lot to get into with Liz. Here is Liz Brechtel. Liz, it's great to uh, talk to you. How are you? I'm doing good. It's great to be here. Just kind of take me through the range of emotions these past few months with, you know, what's been an uncomfortable situation for many. Oh, God. Uh, you know, it's it's been all over the place, you know, so much like uncertainty and just who knows what's going to happen next. And every decision has just been made, like every decision has been changed by the hour pretty much with all this. But, you know, we're trying to keep our heads up, <laughs> trying to get through here. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, well, the most recent news is, of course, that you guys are going to try to move your season back, uh, you know, postpone for now, no fall season. What was the reaction to that? <laughs> the initial reaction was, you know, devastation from all of us. Like, we, want, we really wanted to play this, this fall. We were really looking forward to it. But, you know, we, we understand the circumstances that are happening right now. And, for me, like the way I see it, you know, we didn't really get a spring season. Um, we got cut short. So we're going to use the fall, use the time as much as we can and capitalize, it, capitalize on it. Um, use it as teaching for a lot of people and like get organized and everything right now. So just capitalizing on the time that we have right now. So Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of maybe being within your team and kind of your bubble might actually be safer than just staying home and being out in the community. Is that consistent with how you feel? Do you feel pretty safe in the environment you guys have been in? Yeah. Um, right now, all of us have really just been seeing each other. We stay home as much as we can. We just really the only time we go out is for practice. <laughs> so we've been staying home and, you know, I, I trust my teammates that they'll make the right decision. And I know that they can trust me too. So it's been tough, but you know, we definitely feel safe. Uh, I'm curious with classes starting back up, you, you kind of told me you're in the hybrid category where it's kind of in person, but mostly online. It sounds like it's mostly online for you. Just being back on campus, what's it like being a student in this environment right now? Uh, it's not not great <laughs> right now. Um, you know, I, I obviously, I love the campus at SIU and um, 
I loved last year, like walking from class to class and, you know, not being able to have that kind of sucks. Um, just being, you know, locked in my room all day. You know, it is what it is. Just got to go with the flow with it. You're getting into graphic design. So you were telling me you're pretty artistically inclined. What's the, uh, what's the piece <laughs> of art that you've designed or worked on that you're most proud of? Ooh, um, I probably have to say over the summer, um, I painted, I started painting shoes and um, I did a pair of like Chicago themed shoes where I did like the skyline um, and like a galaxy background and then like the Chicago flag on the back. So I'm kind of, kind of proud of those. <laughs> Is that something just for display or? Are you actually rock, are you actually rocking those on campus? Um, I made them for uh, my boyfriend, and he he wears them all the time. Wow. Well, I want to get into your soccer background a little bit too, from your upbringing and you know getting to this point of being a Division One athlete. Something I'm sure you've dreamed about for being a long time. What do you think is the toughest thing you've had to overcome to get to this point? Oof. Um, probably um, my confidence. Um, in high school, I struggled a lot with that. Um, it, like during club and everything, um, I went through some hard times and I, I definitely lost a lot of confidence, um, playing soccer and, you know, didn't really, you know, have, have a lot of faith in myself, uh, that I, that I'd make it to play in college and, uh, be happy with it. But, you know, as time went on, things got better. I started to gain my confidence back and, you know, it definitely showed on the field and I was lucky enough to get a scholarship here so why do you think it was lacking for a little bit that confidence club was a difficult time um a little bit for me um i loved it don't get me wrong um but just the environment was a little rough and like the age change hit hit hard for me because i'm end of the year and so i was playing with all the girls above me and it was just it was a rough time with what i was like being told as a player and you know just from just listening to others and not being able to just tell myself that I can do it. Like I, I'm in charge of myself and how I play, not others. The Eclipse Club. I'm a little bit familiar with the Eclipse Club. I, I grew up in uh, the Southwest suburbs in LaGrange. So a lot of players in that area go into that Eclipse Club. Right. A lot of state championships, regional championships, national championships. So I know it's very, very competitive. I very mean, close. was it kind of culture shock? Is that kind of what you're getting at when you, when you entered the club and had that competitive environment? Uh, I, had, I had been with the club since I was, I think, 12, 12 or 11. So I, I had been used to it for a while. And, you know, I knew the coaches and I was used to how, how the coaches, you know, coached and played. It was really just, you know, it, it was more so like player environment um, than coaching. But I definitely, it, it definitely changed as like years went on. There was just one like chunk that my confidence fell. But. What got it, what got it back? How'd you, how'd you regain that confidence? I'm trying to think. I like blocked all this from my memory. <laughs> it was, I think I'm going to be honest. I think it was when um, I started contacting Grant. It was around that time because you know, my, my, I'm going to skip ahead and talk about my recruitment process, but my recruitment process wasn't a great one. Um, I talked with, you know, a lot of coaches from all over just different divisions. Um, nothing really stuck and it was getting pretty late into what I thought was the recruitment process for girls, you know, pretty late in the, in the process. But, you know, we found out that SAU was having a women's soccer team and, when my parents told me about that, I, I felt like 
you know, like this could be my chance. And when, you know, I contacted Grant um, and he came to a couple of my games, I was like, all right, this is my shot. Like I have to play for me. I have to, I have to do this for myself. And I think that's when like I started gaining all my confidence back. So it kind of felt like you were almost on your last leg in recruiting. And then along comes this new program and it's almost like you have new soccer life. Right. Yeah. It like, it gave me hope (laughs) that I could, that I could do it. So it was that last little, last little drive at the end. What do you remember about your first conversation with Grant? He, he was very, very friendly, very friendly guy. I remember, you know, getting off the phone and being like, okay, this is, this is different from like club coaches because Grant's very fatherly to us, I would say. And, you know, hearing how like, he, he, you know, he was very, very kind to me and, 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 my family. Um, and, you know, he told me what all he was about right from the get-go. Like, he wants to, you know, start off strong with the first year program. He wanted, you know, good morals and uh, a good team environment. And, you know, I, uh, the way, like, the, the way he described it all to me, I, I loved. And, like, that was the type of coach that I wanted to play for. I want to ask about the SEMO match. That was the, that was the exhibition, the first one at home. Over 2,000 people show out for that first match, and you score a goal against Simo. Yeah. Take me through that moment. What was that moment like? Oh, God. Um, so I got fouled in the box. I don't remember entirely how it happened, but I, I got fouled in the box. You know, I laid there for a second because I didn't realize that it was in the box. <laughs> I thought it was still outside. And then, you know, Maddie Myring comes over. She, like, picks me up. She's like, all right, PK. And so I walk up to go take it, and in my head, I'm like, just – don't miss, <laughs> don't miss this. I had been practicing, you know, shooting with my shooting trainer at home all summer and like we practiced PKs. I was like, I just stay calm, don't miss, don't look at the goal, you know where the goal is at, you know where you need to shoot, don't, sh- don't give the goalie any hints as to where you're going. So when the whistle, whistle blew, I took a deep breath, ran up, shot, and they went in. So <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I know your teammates come and mob you as is customary yeah. soccer when you score a goal. But in that moment, can you feel the crowd? I mean, that crowd exploded. I mean, that's the first goal that soccer <laughs> fans have ever seen. Could, could you feel that in the moment or is that something that, that took a while to process? Uh, I definitely felt it in the moment. Um, it took a couple seconds to realize because um, you kind of tune out the crowd when we were all in the huddle. I could hear all all the fans just cheering, screaming, yelling, you know, and it was, it was a really surreal moment. It was insane. I don't think anything could compare to that for me, honestly. Is that a better moment than the hat trick to close out the season? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say so. Cause it was, it was more fun being able to, you know, share that first goal with all, with so many people from SAU. So. Hat trick's not bad either though, especially no. That's that's a way to finish. Yeah, it was that was a great way. Before we finish, I noticed behind you, Beatles poster. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming that means you're a Beatles fan. You got them walking across Abbey Road. Uh, favorite Beatles song? Um, I have to say Blackbird. That's one of my favorites from the White Album. Okay, you said you're artistically inclined, going for graphic design. Are you musically inclined too? No, not in the slightest. I wish, but... <laughs> You're just a listener? You're not a singer? Yes, just a listener. <laughs> well, good taste in music. I like it. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for the time. I hope you have a good semester and training goes well and everybody stays healthy. Thank you so much for having me. Blackbird singing in the dead of night.
broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise.